Okay. All right. So my name is Mark. Yes. I'm sitting here with Roz McCarthy, Hi. who has created uh, a tremendous nonprofit that's uh, apt to really uh, help many communities across yes. the U.S. and possibly the world one day. Yes. And uh, I wanted to just kind of ask you, tell me about your nonprofit. Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Um, Roz McCarthy here. I am the founder and the CEO of Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Um, Minorities for Medical Marijuana is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We're based in Orlando, Florida. We have 24 chapters throughout the country. We have a chapter in Montego Bay in Jamaica, and we have one in Toronto, Canada. Um, so when you say global and worldwide influence and You're touching, there already. That, I mean, that's the intention. We want to be there. We have to be there. Um, the, the issues that are happening in the United States in regards to minority inclusion and participation are different than Canada and different than in Jamaica and different than in Belize and different than in, in London. And so we can be able to address that. Um, and so that's why I'm here. That's why the organization here. And I'm, I'm so happy to talk with you. Yeah, I'm happy that you're willing to talk. I, I come from a different angle. Yes, okay. the cannabis industry is growing. It's a great opportunity. Uh, many people in the minority communities have very experienced a high experience in it uh, and they have very tremendous skills that were kind of hidden because the cannabis industry was illegal yes. now it's becoming legal yes. they're probably more ready to handle this industry than anybody but you're right they're not being included they're not being included and um, being intentional or not intentional is happening um, one of the areas that we focus on as an organization is public policy meaning you have to write policy that's not going to exclude a marginalized community and so when you have a state that writes policy that you have to have a five million dollar surety bond in order to get your license or that an application fee is sixty thousand sixty thousand dollars non-refundable that by itself has has an opportunity not to not to just exclude minorities to exclude a whole lot of people right. that would want to be able to participate in this industry um, and we just don't understand why a state can't look at this from a opportunity of inclusivity business-wise that you don't have to go and narrow down and narrow in only a few operators to be able to serve constituents in a particular state right and so that's our role is to write policy that's can, that can address that I think that's a great plan and really what we should do is take notice of those politicians that allowed these policies to go into effect Absolutely. they are not the friends of the small business person they are not the friends of the minorities and this has to change so when you do vote I would say remember who voted you out of business before the business even started exactly now from my opinion uh, my, my point of view I think that business affects family Roz how does exclusion of this in this industry or any industry affect family and what's it going to do to the children to the wives yes. to the families that never form well even before we talk about how the exclusion let's talk about how the war on drugs that um, permeated in communities of color that um, targeted people of color how that high incarceration rate where you had mandatory minimums for possession of a joint of two years how that affected families you had men african-american men who were in prison um, for a joint and right. now we're saying it's now legal, everything is good, you know, forget about that. We don't have to do anything in order to balance out the harms that have been done years ago. And so the opportunity for this community and for cannabis right now is to say, listen, we have a group of people that have been harmed by this plant, uh, by, uh, by the targeting of law enforcement with this plant. So how can we, you know, 
if we can't do anything but maybe just educate them on the opportunities of the business-wise, maybe from a workforce development, um, this this community, this this Green Rush, has an opportunity to really um, um, create new business entities that are minority-owned. It has um, new business opportunities, um, contracting opportunities that will bring in revenue that will allow people to be business owners mm -hmm. and not, um, you know, not have to rely on the system, not have to rely on, you know, if they want to be entrepreneurs, they can be entrepreneurs. It's 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 our new dot com. It's our new civil rights. Right. Well, can we negotiate with these politicians? Can we bring in some type of prevailing wage requirement? Yeah. Can we uh, bring in some? Uh, uh, some investment companies that really are ready to take risk on people that have been arrested. Yes. Can we go for expungement? What What are we going to do? All of that. So, I mean, your points are so on target. Um, I think what you're talking about is a social equity um, model uh, that's designed for us to have a conversation around it. And that conversation needs to have it's a multiple approach. So it's reinvesting tax dollars that are, are you know the tax dollars that's created from the right. industry how do we reinvest that into communities that have been um, you know affected negatively by the war on drugs how can we write policy how can we let our legislators know what policy works and which ones are very exclusionary um, so right now we're in a position to really be able to um, I would say have our legislators know that we are we have to stay very close to them and educate them about the things that really work and the things that do not work, um, about the job opportunities that are going to work for, for communities. And it's just not, I mean, it's for it's in totality. I mean, we want to see um, everyone be able to participate, everyone to be able to have a piece of this pie. Okay, Ross, but shouldn't we ask the politicians to explain why they passed these laws? Yes. That definitely excluded 90% of the population, yes. whether black, white, you Hispanic. Ask, you can ask them why. Will you get an answer? Will you get a straight-up answer? No. That's why your your um, your um, suggestion of saying, listen, we as people, as constituents, we have the power to vote people in or vote them out. Right. And so if you go look at someone's record, go look at a bill, go pull the bill number up. If you see the sponsor of the bill as someone... If that bill is a very exclusionary bill that makes it very hard for anyone to be able to get in the industry, look at who the sponsor is. Mm -hmm. Look at who the co-sponsor is. Send right. them a letter, but also know that they have to come up for re-election. Right. And maybe if this if this issue is passionate to you, then we have to go vote people in, but also vote people out. Well, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Yes, sir. When you know that a politician voted one way and you find out, you call me. Yes, sir. I'll go knock on their door and we'll sit down just like Absolutely. we're sitting down now. We have we have bills right now that have gone through. I'm based in Florida that, you know what, I don't agree with some of the politicians. Uh, and, and my thinking of it is, is either they're obtuse in their understanding, they need more education, or they're deliberately trying to make sure that there is some type of gain for some of their cronies in their circle. Um, please know that when you have someone like, um, you know, like uh, Representative Boehner, who used to be a uh, congressman, um, the, uh, I guess minority or majority leader in, in Congress, mm -hmm. who's now in cannabis and in hemp, he's not in it just because, okay, it's kind of cool. He's in it because it makes money. Right. And at the end of the day, these folks are making money. And so if they're making decisions to help their, their circle make money, I think it's a travesty and we have to call it out. And the only thing that's going to make people educated is you got to lean towards picking up a newspaper and reading it <laughs> you <got to> <laughs> and, and, and make sure you understand the facts yes and don't twist the facts when you get uh when you get some information from one place or the other let, let me give a tidbit to all your listeners this is something you, you can do right now if you want a solution you go to google alert and you go put in google alert you put in that you want alerts on your state so if you reside in georgia put in georgia cannabis medical marijuana policy if you put those keywords in 
um, what will happen is that Google will send you an alert. Every type of news media article, anything that pertains to Georgia about the medical marijuana program, you could put hemp in there as well. You'll get that ping. Right. And you'll at least be able to have the news articles to let you know what's happening mm -hmm. because we do have to stay engaged. Do you think that marijuana affects different people in different ways? No. Okay. How can you explain many of my friends from my local neighborhood who the wives are upset because the husbands are smoking weed yeah. all day long, not working, yeah. just laying around? I unfortunately have several people my age, 60, 50, that... Uh, Let's face it, they're, they're not much for productivity, and it is, has affected love and relationships. People yeah. can't love them yeah. because they're not there. Yeah. What do we do about addiction? Yeah. Uh, in the mar starting with marijuana and other drugs and other drugs so I, I would say I, I don't think there's a correlation from addiction from being um, utilizing cannabis and saying that that's gonna um, definitely uh, preordain you to be addicted to other different you know narcotics or things of that nature I do think though that there's a, a, a consumer responsibility of knowing that if you have the option of having access to the plant for whatever it is, if that helps with your stress relief, if that helps you sleep at night, I think we as adults have a responsibility to consume responsibly. Just like alcohol, where it can be addictive and you can have, you can um, um, rely on it too much. I do think with cannabis that it's not supposed to be the, um, um, the inter uh, uh, not to be utilized as your uh, um, um, utilizing it for it to, to take over your life right. and to and, and not have a quality of life that means you're working that you're producing that you're active you know um, participant in society um, this plan has some beautiful components to it but no we want to see people do it responsibly right so what do you recommend for the men out there the young men mm -hmm. who are interested in the young women uh, in the communities sure this is their opportunity to step up because we're gonna fight and we're gonna make sure they have as much opportunity what kind of usage should they have? Should it be daily? Should it be once a week? Yeah. How do they run their lives? Should they only be using if they have a job? Right. Uh, how much money per week? If they're making $500 a week, how much money is acceptable to spend on yeah. weed? And you know what? Let me tell you something. I would be the last person because I don't consume. I utilize, I have a CBD topical that I use for, for, or for I have a herniated disc. I'm not a consumer. Um, even in an in a, a adult use state, I wouldn't consume because that just wasn't my thing. I am not in a position to tell people how to use, when to use, or what have you. But I am in a position to say this, is that the responsible use of cannabis means that you don't you pay your bills first, you take care of family first. You as young people, make sure you take care of home and make sure that you realize that don't rely on this plant to be able to create excuses saying like, you know what, being high is, you know what, there's a time and a place for everything. Know and understand the medical aspect of it. And if you're going through something and if you're stressed out about something, there may be some underliers that cannabis alone is not gonna be able to solve for you. And those are the things that we have to have a reality check about. I think we have to do education um, I think there's a responsibility that this community has to do to, um, um, for our young people. Right. Um, I'm talking about the 12-year-old, the 13-year-old, the 14-year-old, who's coming out of communities where they think it's kind of it's cool. They're seeing the video, they're seeing the social media. That's great, but we need to talk about the responsibility of consumption and what it means and what this plant means. And so I think that's just um, to say how much someone should use if it should be daily. I know someone that uses daily. They mm -hmm. work, but at nighttime. They consume, right, and it works for them, right. So there is a there's a balance with anything that you do in life. Is there a trap set up by the federal government or by the states that have legalized? Uh, listen, I'm very close with, you know, as an old white guy, I'll say this: 
very cautiously. I'm friends with a lot of brothers that sell in the yes. neighborhoods. Yes. And they said, don't worry, Mark. They're only letting the legal stores sell a certain amount. We sell bigger amounts. Is that a trap being set up by the government so they can get busted again? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's a trap, but I will tell you this. We have to, we as a community, we as black people, listen to me. We have to think smarter and not harder. We have to realize, like, there are certain, certain things that if it's set up, for us to get into the business, let's figure out how to get into the business. If we can't, don't jeopardize your freedom for something just because you think, one, I mean, I understand you have to make money, you have to provide or what have you, but it's your freedom. And and just by default, I think there's always going to be a targeting issue. There's always going to be a, a criminal justice issue that face African-American people. Right. So we need not to think that if we legalize cannabis, all of that's going to go away. It's not. Mm -hmm. And so right now we have to think smarter. We have to figure out, you know what, you don't necessarily have to touch the plant in order to make a lot of money in this industry. Mm -hmm. And that's why M4MM is here because we're trying to teach our young brothers and sisters, if you don't get a license to cultivate, let me show you how you can be the person that sells the lights. You could be the person that sells the, the grow houses. You could be the person that goes around and trust me, people will buy from them. Right. If there's someone listening right now and you want to understand how to get in and you're like, listen, I got like, I want to get in. I can't get a license, reach out to us and we'll teach you, we'll set you up with a distributorship and you can go all around this country selling the lights, the, the infrastructure, being able to coach people and train them on what, what to use and make money and make great money. Right. Roz McCarthy. Yes, sir. This is a turning point for the black minority community. Yes. And you are teaching so many people. Please out there, listen to Roz McCarthy. Because she's got the answer for so many families. I can't help but come to tears when I see a new mother or a mother with a few kids that the father's not around because he's either incarcerated or because he's chosen a different lifestyle. Please, please, for everyone, listen to Roz McCarthy. It's a cycle. We have to break the cycle. Um, If you guys want to reach out to us, we're at m4mmunited.org, m4mmunited.org, 877-900-0832. Roz McCarthy, thank Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate you. Bye-bye. Thank you.